Hey everybody, how's it going? Corey Kamita here. I'm gonna try and keep this short and sweet because uh, this week's episode is is it's a bit of a long one. I think Jake and I talked for about an hour and a half, which is that's a that's a good chunk of time. Usually these things are about 45 minutes or or whatever. Um, I got a couple great episodes coming up. I I'm almost done the uh, take with audio uh, interviews, which is gonna be a lot of fun. I can't wait to can't wait to release that little mini series. Um, this week's episode is with, uh, Jake Boyd, who is the brother of Nixon Boyd, who did, uh, uh, the last episode. So Jake, Nixon, and I, uh, as all the musicians involved in the recording of Dirty Mirror. Uh, if you'd like to hear these two new songs of mine, Trip and Dirty Mirror, all you gotta do is, is message me and ask me, and I will send them to you via email, type up a little letter for you. And uh, yeah, if you'd like to, uh, if you'd like to contribute towards my endeavors, uh, you can do so at Patreon.com/slash Corey Um And there's there's a few things popping up in there more and more too. I just posted a like a, a little uh, live performance recording from uh, when I was at Annette Studios. There's a couple ideas I have floating around that I kind of share within the Patreon community. Uh, a big thank you to everybody that uh, has been subscribing to that. I've been getting uh, been getting a couple more subscribers as time goes on here, which is is great. And as I've said in in my emails with the new music, uh, I'll be taking a percentage of the Patreon earnings and donating it to the Dryden High School Music Association, which is my hometown high school music program. Um, and I'll be announcing what that <laughs> donation will be come May 8th, 2023. So the more I get, the more they get. So I don't know. I hope that makes you happy. It's making me happy. Hopefully it makes the Dryden uh, Music Association happy too. We'll see how much we can get from them, right? Anyway, I'm going to leave it at that. I hope everybody has a fantastic weekend. Take care. And uh, here's Jake. Hello, everybody. It is I, Corey Kameda, and this is my Volume Academy podcast. And uh, last episode was with Nixon Boyd talking about my song, Dirty Mirror. And this episode, we have the other brother, Jake Boyd, who did the drums on the song, Dirty Mirror. Hello. (laughs) How you doing, man? (laughs) Doing good. It's really good to see you. It's been years. (laughs) Literally two plus years at this point, right? Should we just open with talking about the last time that we hung out and how amazing that was? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, remind me, please, because, yeah, those years, those COVID years are like lifetimes for me. So, yeah, yeah, hit me up. Okay, well, I could be wrong, but I'm 99.9% sure that the last time we hung out, we had planned, this was maybe a month in the making, we had planned to get together and try and play as much of Green Day's incredible. I I, I want to say major label debut, Dookie. Yes, because it's not their that's not their first record, right? But I think it was their first 
album on a major label. It was explosive for them, for sure. Like, <laughs> yeah. It was like, yeah, you had, those were big, big tunes for them, right? Yeah. yeah. I so do you remember and I got this. together. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I'm pretty sure, if I'm not mistaken, I don't think you and I have seen, oh no, we had maybe one like, we had maybe one like coffee hang in the COVID times. Oh yeah. Okay, all right, so I, I lied. But <laughs> the last time that we really hung out for an extended period of time for, you know, two, three, four hours, yeah. we got together and tried to just bash through as much of Green Day's Dookie. And it, that is about as much fun as I've ever had playing music with another musician. <laughs> Dude, it was fun. And it was super uh, impressive to me because, I mean, I grew up playing uh, Green Day and Blink. Like, Sum 41, like, uh, the, these were my introduction to, like, basically learning how to play guitar, as I'm sure it was for a lot of people. I'm not sure what it was for you, but, I, I like, I mean... <clears throat> Uh, and I, I, I did this with a friend just like in the backyard like a week ago where well, let's just play some songs off Dookie. And when you and I got together, like it all just came right back. There's so much of it that was instinctual. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so much of it that that was the kind of music that you learned as a kid. Yeah. That maybe maybe you had a teacher give you a bit of sheet music or something. But really, at that point in the game you learn so much stuff just by ear right oh yeah oh yeah and you soak it in at at that age right like it's just um i don't know it's 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 the kind of thing where i mean we could roll through the songs and i might not know the titles but it's like as soon as like the first like 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 the first song on the album like what is it burnout yeah, yeah. The first, the opening drum fill, or even just the count in at that tempo, or the whatever, whatever the first thing that happens in the song is. As soon as you hear that, your brain goes, "Yes, I know what this is, and I like it." <laughs> it, it yeah, dude, it's it's an incredible kind of, um, uh, I don't know what you call it, reflex almost. Because, I mean, even there's there's some live albums I'll listen to, and the way that the album opens up in the crowd noise comes in i'm like that's that brian adams album or whatever yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know <laughs> like uh, yeah it, it's just funny like it's just like it's it's sometimes it's not even notes or beats it's just the sounds that are imprinted which is pretty molecular and kind of cool <laughs> yeah a tone or a vibe or a little bit of stage banter yeah and you know what it is immediately exactly so cool yeah. so yeah Very that cool. was that was yeah, definitely one of the last times we hung out and and that was super fun and that was and that was in Toronto. We were both in Toronto at, at that time. I'm in Quebec City now. You are in I live in a neighborhood that's called Constance Bay. It's just outside of Ottawa. Okay. Okay. So I live about a 35ish minute drive from Parliament Hill kind of thing. Oh jeez. Yeah. Do they know you're there? <laughs> who the who the like the trucker assholes who were here a couple months ago? <laughs> or the MPs? No, I, I think neither. I don't think anyone really knows I'm here, which is the best part of it. <laughs> That's the best part about moving to the country is no one knows you're there. Yeah, dude. I um yeah. yeah, it's it's you know what? I uh Toronto will always have a special place in my heart for sure. I mean, it's where I met you and your brother and so many other friends and musicians um 
for me, it was it was really tough to kind of find my neighborhood in Toronto. It took me a decade, you know. Yeah. Um, and I, I I I go back and visit every now and then, but I I can't imagine <laughs> affording. Like I don't know how I ever afforded to live there. <laughs> you know. Like, I know it's wild, right? Like now that I am where I am now, it's it's like oh a driveway, cool. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And even, I mean, you know, not to get too political or talk about world events that have nothing to do with music, but obviously the cost of everything has skyrocketed in the last little while. That just is what it is. Yeah. And I'm really happy to live in a part of the world that's a lot cheaper than a big, you know, expensive, dumb, smelly city. And yeah, I feel the same way. I had such a fun time. Yeah. I mean, I feel the same way about Montreal. I had such a fun time living in a few different neighborhoods there. I had such a fun time living in a few different neighborhoods in Toronto. And it's sort of just like things run their course and you can either sort of evolve and move on or you can get bitter and angry. And yeah, like I I, I don't have time for that. Yeah, frankly. Yeah. Same here. It's the wrong kind of friction, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um. You know, before we get into talking about the song, because like uh, my my episode with Nix was was wasn't as long as I as I usually have these things because we were on a bit of a time constraint. But yeah. I kind of want to know a little bit about how you and your brother started getting into music, like just briefly, if you if you could give us a little background, because we you and I and Nix. We, we became pretty fast friends, and I don't know a lot about you guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, okay, from my perspective, I can't even think about music without thinking about my brother. Yeah. So it's so ingrained in the way that I think about playing and listening to and writing and performing and recording music to the extent that if I hear something that I really love for the first time, I'm probably going to text him and say, Hey, have you heard this thing? Right. To the extent that, you know, okay. The most recent thing, and this is dumb and cheesy and kind of stupid, but the sex pistols TV show. Have you heard about this thing? I just saw, uh, that it was up on one of my apps there. And and yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I, I I want to check it out. Right. Okay. So it's not, I wouldn't call it great. But it's super fun, and it it op- I think the whole series opens with a a clip of a some live like might it be Starman or it's some live Bowie song. Okay. And from there, like the whole thing is just so fun. The script's kind of cheesy, like all those biopic things are, right? Yeah. Like you know, I haven't seen the Elton John movie. I'm sure it's cheesy as hell. Uh, the Queen the Queen movie was fun because the music's so fun, but. It's cheesy, right? Any of those things where you're like, let's recreate what really happened in semi-fictionalized form is it's going to be a little silly and cheesy, right? Okay, so preface it with that. But that, you know, I just watched that whole thing. And immediately, as soon as I finished the first episode, I was texting Nick being like, dude, uh, you got to watch this thing. It's kind (laughs) of dumb. It's not great. The script is really sort of cheesy. And the whole thing is pretty ham-fisted, but... It's just really fun because it it is about an era of music that seems like even though everyone was having a, a bad time in their life, yeah, the music itself is so just energetic and fun and raw power, right? Like, 
And, and that, that's a perfect example. I, I can't really experience anything musical that I love without immediately thinking of my brother, right? So, yes. And I, that's partially because he, okay, going all the way back, he started to play violin at age four or five and moved to guitar not much later than that. And I started playing drums at age nine. He's two years older than me, and he definitely was already playing guitar at, I guess then 11 years old. So, you know, it was, it was sort of like, oh, my older brother plays a musical instrument. Even before I knew what that meant, even before I knew what it meant to play a musical instrument, I knew that my older brother played a musical instrument. And so I thought I wanted to do that too. I chose the least musical one to play, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I don't know. I mean, in a sense, I love Nick so much, but in a sense, I think what really drew me to the drums and what kept me going and what still to a degree keeps me going playing drums is the fact that it's something that he never got good at. <laughs> and that, right? Like that sounds, that sounds weird. There's no real sibling rivalry. I've, I don't, I can't think of another person I've had a better relationship with through my entire life. Obviously we fought, you know, as kids or in our twenties, whatever. Yeah. But, but it was almost like, it was almost like he had guitar and even songwriting and, you know, later on production. And it's almost like the drums was like my own space. Like it was almost like my territory. Sure. You know? Yeah. You, you, it was something that was yours. And I mean, you were able to share it with him too. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. And that was, you know, by the time we were, geez, 18 and 20, Throughout our teenage years, we kind of went off and, you know, he had his fun, silly little teenager bands and I had my young, silly little teenager bands. But by the time we were 18 and 20, we sort of regrouped and started playing together again because we had done that as much younger kids, right? Right. Yeah. And then, you know, from about 18, 19, 20, 21, our respective ages from then until our early 30s. Most of our time and energy was occupied with playing, recording, writing, touring, you know, doing this thing, which we called being in a band. <laughs> and the band so was, was Colorado. That was, that was, is that the inception of Colorado that time? Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, that's, that's what I'm, you know, referring to. And, and really from, from that point on, from, from 18 till, for me, from 18 till about what, 31, 32, Nick and I saw each other almost every day. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. And I mean, again, you know, the, the only downside of living where I live is the people that I miss on a nearly constant basis. Yes. Right. Yeah. And, and we've, yeah, right. And you and I are living similar experiences in that, but also we've all lived a similar experience in that in the last two years. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, dude, it's 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 incredible. Like I, I, I mean, one of the reasons that I wanted to start doing this podcast is because I am so isolated out here in Quebec. You know, I'm still finding my way. It's it's been like a year as of the end of May that I've been out yeah. here. Mm -hmm. um, How's your French going, dude? Oh God, man, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's not great. No, yeah. it's I, I have a lot of respect for 
the French people because they're always telling me they say like, oh, I'm sorry, my English isn't very good. I said, your English is far better than my French. Than my French, yeah. yeah. Well, and also you think about a lot of people that live in, well, many parts of the world, but I immediately think of, you know, mainland Europe in which a lot of people grow up and they learn two, three, four languages. Yeah. Even people who are not particularly educated can speak maybe you know, German, French, and English, maybe Spanish. Oh, it's a wonderful thing to be able to, it's it's a privilege to be able to uh, know a few different languages. And I absolutely, yeah. I feel that big time at this point. I mean, I, I, yeah. I want to like write my public school French teacher a letter and apologize for being <laughs> such a little shit. But, well, uh, but I mean, do you think they were a great teacher? Maybe they were. I don't know. Well, if I had to guess, I'd say maybe not. I, I don't know. I mean, that's a whole other... <laughs> Well, yeah, and again, yeah, we could get we could get super political, you know. They probably didn't have the resources to be a great teacher, so yeah. that, you know, yeah. there you go. Yeah. Um, but Thank you, Mike Harris. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, oh yeah, so yeah, the 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 reason I wanted to start doing this podcast is because I I was missing so many friends and stuff like that yeah. and and I had I had started one previous with my buddy from Jersey Justin Coolahan young drummer and we were doing a podcast called Got You Covered where we do these deep dives into these covers yeah and and that kind of fizzled out um, just as you know the our our circumstances weren't dictating our time anymore you know? yeah. so like yeah. it's like you know but i was like you know what i kind of want to keep doing this but maybe i should maybe i should do this with people i've worked with so like you know different musicians producers mixers mastering engineers venue owners like like just everybody because i mean like yourself i mean there's just been so much you 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 look at your your you know your late teens to now and and I mean you guys got around a lot more than than I ever did for sure in terms of touring and stuff like that and and uh and like I I just but I do feel like I got my own experiences and this was kind of a way for me to almost keep a diary of my experiences with people and so you know one day I can just go back and listen to all these and 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 smile about the reminiscing you know yeah so. and like you're like you were kind of alluding to this is a an excuse for a hang right totally man totally. which is awesome i mean that's fantastic yeah i mean it's a hang and it's talking about music and and the stuff that we've done and and I, i've i've really been enjoying it so thank you for thank you for playing on playing on my song and and <laughs> and for doing this it's it's a lot of fun for me um I want to, I, I, I got to ask a couple little things too, because um, there was, I, I remember, I think, I've, I don't know if I was talking to you or Nick's about it or whatever, but I remember hearing about one album you guys did that was like a hundred songs or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to me, oh, maybe it was Nick, I can't remember, man, but, but, <laughs> but from what I gather, is that because there was this hundred song album, like your guys's engineer or producer at the time was like, listen, I have other stuff I got to do. Like we got to figure something out here. And was, yeah. was that about the time that Nick's kind of stepped into that producer kind of role or? Well, to a degree. Okay. So the guy 
talking about people that you love and you miss, the guy that produced that whole project, which was called 111 Songs, and it contained 111 songs. <laughs> the guy that produced that, his name's Niles Mischick. Okay. And he's actually putting out music as a, I mean, solo act, maybe is the wrong wrong thing to say, but he's putting out music himself okay. under the moniker Mischick, M-I-S-Z-C-Z-Y-K. Okay. And it's really, really cool. That's worth checking out for for you if not your listeners okay. to this podcast, honestly, M-I-S-Z-C-Z-Y-K, I'm pretty sure I got that right. <laughs> and I'll probably just text, I'll probably just like text you a link to it afterwards yeah, anyways. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And he's one of my favorite people in the entire world, uh, Niles Mischick. And he was definitely overwhelmed recording and tracking and mixing all those songs, but also all four of us in the band kind of like there were times where I was pressing record or I, you know, I learned to mic a drum kit and there, there were maybe entire days if I'm not mistaken, that Niles just couldn't be there. And that really was ultimately, I think when Nick sort of said to himself, okay, I think I could do this as well. Right. Right. And, and I think even more than production, he kind of realized, okay, I can, write a song even when I don't feel like writing a song. Okay. And as, okay, I think Nick does a great job in the studio. I think he makes drums sound great, you know, that from, from where I'm sitting behind a drum kit, yeah. that's really, that's ultimately all I can attest to, right? Mm-hmm. But I think he does a good job of making, you know, getting a good performance from a singer and making a guitar tone sound really cool and getting toms, cymbals, kick drums, and snare drums to sound really good. But even more than that, I think his actual superpower, his actual specialty is helping songwriters craft their songs. Yeah. And I, I listened to the episode of this podcast that you guys did together, and you mentioned that it was a little bit eerie, a little bit peculiar to say, oh, okay, I'm going to kind of like let this producer help me open this song up and get inside it and see what it's all about and sort of shift things around a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. For a lot of songwriters... Whether they're 19 years old or 40 years old or 80 years old or anywhere in between, if you've never done that before, it can be a peculiar thing. Absolutely. And yeah. yeah. And I think Nick is really good at, I mean, quite frankly, writing songs, but also, <laughs> you know, I think he's really good at, at co-writing and making everyone involved, whether it's just a singer songwriter or an entire band mm-hmm. or anywhere in between two people, five people, whatever feel really comfortable with the idea that, okay, this is your kernel of truth. This is your song idea. This is your chorus, whatever. Even if it's if it's just a riff or a fully written song, this is your thing, but we're just going to collaborate. We're going to open it up and kind of do a little bit of surgery. And maybe it's minor surgery, yeah. you know? Maybe it's just some surgery on the bridge. Maybe the bridge just needs a little, you know, the bridge needs a few things pulled out or added to it. Or maybe it's a completely reworking of the whole thing yeah yeah right and and i think he is such a such a compassionate guy that really can kind of put everyone at ease and i think that that ultimately is his superpower and i think that is really what he learned from that 111 songs project more than anything well yeah i mean i i would say you're probably dead on because that was that was my experience and i mean a project like 111 songs i'm sure you iron out a lot <laughs> in a time like that. I couldn't even imagine. Yeah, dude. I couldn't imagine. For sure. But um, 
Well, and everyone puts their ego aside because you have to to just get on with it. Oh, right? Jesus! I can't even imagine, man. I I mean, it's like what a what a feat, you know. And and but what it, also what an opportunity to to really yeah. dial it in and and excel. So, I mean, I I believe that happened. You listened to the episode and 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 yeah, I I think you're right because. When it came time to do this, I don't even know how this all happened. I don't know, you know, like, I, I don't remember, like, what the discussion was about even doing these songs together. I think it was just we were talking at the barbershop one day, and I was like, I would I would love to work with you two. And, I mean, for me, I've done a, a, a you know, I've done a bunch of writing myself, whatever, a limited amount of recording, and, um, but... But I I never quite had an experience like this one where I took a song that I had been playing for probably ten plus years and was just like yeah let's just let's just see what happens and uh, Nick came over to the house we 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 ripped the whole thing apart and rebuilt it and I think there was a there was a, a neat little kind of wave we hit where I was so ready to let go of any existence of this song like i was just like yeah like i've been playing it the same way forever if he sees something different let's see what happens and what i feel like nick did for me was he kind of it just like i don't know he just it's like he flipped the puzzle around to you know throw a couple other pieces in where i couldn't see them at all um and there was a lot of simplification and then I think what I was able to bring to his process is I was like, don't be afraid to get weird, you know? So <laughs> yeah, like, like it's like we were, I remember there was talks of like radio and Grant and stuff. I'm like, I, I don't give a fuck about any of that. <laughs> yeah. Like, like let's have an experience here. And, and if that happens later, cool. But that's not, that's not the, that's not why I'm here. And so there's things where we were messing around with vocals and uh, I was like, yeah, dirty him up a bit or, you know, space echo. Let's get some space echo in here. Yeah. Like, and he's like, oh, okay. Like, sure. Yeah. Like if you want, like, yeah, I'll fuck around with it. And, <laughs> and I mean, the, the whole process of recording this song was so fun. And, and I mean, you and I, we vibe off of like Queens and stuff like that. And yeah, and that's one of the, I mean, one of the, one of the biggest compliments I'm getting about this song as, uh, as we're, uh, as I've been distributing it, is um, everybody loves the drum sound. Oh, uh, man. Yeah, and the, so, <laughs> and, and you're a big part of that because you're the one that's fucking playing it. <laughs> and and people are like, yeah, I get like a little bit of this vibe, a little bit of Queens. And I was like, well, we actually employed a technique that I... I I'd oh, have... did, we, did we do symbols separately? I can't even remember. We did. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I can, I mean, okay, I can give you my perspective about what recording this song was like. Please do, yeah. And really, ultimately, that was, okay, we, th this is interesting because earlier we were talking about that sort of big city living, hustle and bustle. And at that point in my life, I was really just basically doing whatever I could to make a living. Yeah. And as as many things as I could that involved playing drums or were drum adjacent, mm -hmm. I was doing. Yeah. So, okay, at that point in time, I was teaching drums 
I think it was three days a week at a music school. So that was great because that was all planned out. All the students were there in a schedule. I would get there. I think it was, geez, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday that I was doing that. Yeah. And then I was actually doing a beer delivery job for Indie Ale House, delivering kegs two days a week. So I was doing that two days a week. And that was just like, okay, between the cracks of recording, playing shows, and teaching. So so then that was, I think, the next two days of the week. Then most weekends I had Colorado gigs, if not sort of like hired gun shows for other artists, which for a few years between 2017 and 2019, I did a bunch of that. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't super consistent, but I would basically, you know, if somebody had like one to $200, I would learn the songs to play a show for them. If their drummer was sick or away or had another gig, whatever. So then I was doing that. And then on Sundays I would teach privately out of our studio, out of the Colorado studio. And I would just cram that day with as many drum students as possible. So a lot of weeks I was working five days a week. A lot of weeks I was working six days a week and some weeks I was working seven days a week. So I remember going to, I can't, I could not tell you what other jobs, quote unquote, I did that day. But when we recorded the drums for Dirty Mirror, uh, that's the name of the song, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And again, that's like, that's what I remember about, about that session is just thinking, okay, I'm pretty sure I know how this goes. And did we record, record it live and then do the cymbals after so yeah we 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 tried this technique and the first time i had heard of it being done was queens of stone age song for the deaf record where they, right, they yeah. tracked the whole album drums and cymbals separately and yeah, yeah, yeah and we just for some reason were like let's try that um and i don't know if you i don't know if you've done that before i've never done that before i don't know if nick's ever did that before but but when we've we, done that, we've done that for a good portion of Colorado stuff. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this yeah. was an unknown to you. No, no, no. It's and and that's that's a. I mean, if I may say so, that's a skill set that I had acquired because even though you're playing less instruments, it's really weird as a drummer. So like, you know, okay, I've got my drum kit here, right? Yeah, yeah. With my with my little can of bubbly soda on it. <laughs> um, if you think about it, like your right hand is sort of. To the in some sense, it's almost like the rhythmic pacer that everything else is following, right? If your right hand is playing eighth notes, da 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 ba da, it's really weird that all of a sudden, if you're just playing kick and snare, do do ga yeah do ga do do ga, and a lot of the time, I would just sort of play like I would take a drumstick and just play in the air, yeah do do ga do, and the the right the right hand's playing the eighth notes, but just playing into nothing, yeah, because. The first, the first few times that you do that, it feels really fucking weird. Oh, I can imagine, man, because it's you know, like your 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 intuition is kind of, um, it's almost unguided by the physical act, you know. Exactly. It's sort of like I mean, this is a bad analogy, but the one that comes to mind is sort of like, okay, play chords and never hit the high E string. Yeah. You know, yeah. if there's something, if, if there's something that you're not doing. It's almost as difficult as adding an extra thing, right? Well, well, and actually I can I can relate to that completely because if I'm playing a show and I break a string, it's and I have to finish the song or whatever, it's it totally 
like just missing a string it's like yeah. oh, oh i lost a fucking finger like oh yeah yeah you're like wait where does this whole chord what how does the whole chord shape work yeah. if you don't have the whole thing exactly right <laughs> yeah. or you know it would be like somebody saying okay i want you to deliver a speech but never use the letter p yeah yeah you know what i mean or whatever like right write a poem and never use the letter P or the letter D or whatever, right? Like taking out an element and putting in a limitation like that can be really challenging. Anyway, so, okay, so I, basically what I remember about the Dirty Mirror session is just being exhausted. I had definitely worked one to two other jobs. I think, I think I had taught drums at the school that day. And then that, that also was in Milton, Ontario. So that was, you know, 30-ish minutes from my place. Yes. Right. So drove there, taught a full day of students and then drove back. And I remember just being so, 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 so tired and just cranking coffee. And, and almost immediately when we started playing the thing, it was like, okay, yeah, this is, this is what I want to be doing. You know, <laughs> this is what I want to be spending my time doing. Yeah. Dude. And it just, you're right. I, 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 I don't know whether you've said this or not, or I'm just inferring it from what you said, but it just felt so easy and natural yeah. And it just felt like, like I know, you know, I've throughout the the first few years that Nick was running Banquet Sound, I played on a good portion of things. You know, if somebody just didn't have a drummer or the drummer was busy or whatever, mm-hmm. I, I would play on a bunch of things. And also I would, I would help him out sometimes drum tacking, just tuning the drums to get whatever sound the drummer and Nick kind of co-decided they wanted. Right. And I can't think of a session that in my memory... I mean, memory is a strange thing, obviously, but I can't think of a session that in my memory went as smooth and was as fun as, as the one for that song. Oh, man, that makes me so happy. <laughs> it's true, though. It makes me really happy because, I mean, Nick and I talked about this a bit in, in our episode, but I kind of, because I have so few recorded music myself, each recording is 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 very special to me and they always take yeah. take me a long time to finish something of, of my own yeah. shit so but i but it's a timestamp, and it's like a photograph of the three of us because it was just you me and him that constructed this entire song right and there was no real like i think at the time like nick's like like he's like yeah we could do this and like it should be good for a grant i'm like yeah grant great i'm, I'm like i just want yeah i just i just want to whatever do who cares yeah, yeah, yeah i just want to make some music yeah yeah but i well and, and his intentions are pure and good but i was just like yeah. i'm just excited to be doing this with these two guys and i mean the 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 i mean you guys are brothers and you've been playing together forever so that like having that as my foundation, like what the fuck, like that's amazing. Did Nick play bass on the song? Did you play bass on the song? Uh, I I know, I, I we might have even taken turns. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. But but I know that he he did for sure. I'm not sure if I yeah. did or not. It's so awesome, eh? Like not even being certain. I mean, I don't know. It's it's peculiar and it's almost a bit sad. With that's what's happened with the state of the world that it's been two years since even making music really made sense. But it, it's kind of cool that it's like, yeah, I can't even remember. Like there's something kind of cool about that. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, because I like, I remember going there for a couple sessions. Like it, it didn't take long to actually track this song. Like you had your drums done in 
what like maybe two hours two or three hours tops like from even even with the yeah even with uh doing the symbols separately too yeah like it, it didn't take long uh for for me i'm like what i remember loving most about that session was like how uh like i was just like this is this is going perfectly and it was so easy and i didn't overcalculate anything especially yeah. especially like your performance or nick's production like like there would it where whereas in times in the past i'd be like oh let's do a harmony here or let's let's do a little uh automation here or whatever like it was just like i'm like this is this is good it's like it's the perfect amount of polished and it was still kind of crude like in in the most wonderful way we were getting these well, yeah. unconventional guitar tones that I'd never really touched before. I was bringing in ideas that Nick's is like, oh, cool. Like, and it was just, it was just a lot of that. There was just like, I think that, you know, kind of using these skills that we've obtained over the years, it allows you to trust, you know, yeah. you get the vocab, you get the vocabulary through the music that you've played to be able to communicate trust very yeah, easily. And you can, and, yeah, and you can read that from somebody's <coughs> body language and somebody's facial expression and somebody the tone in somebody's voice. You know, you can sort of look at somebody and think, okay, yeah, 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 I can trust you, you know, or I can't, or whatever. But also, yeah. it's it's such a lesson. It's a life lesson in control, right? Yeah, and, and I think. That always makes me think about New Year's Eve, because New Year's Eve almost always sucks ass, right? <laughs> and that you know, or or like any sort of big monumental life event can often be really stressful and, in hindsight, kind of shitty because you know the New Year's Eve effect. You want it to be perfect. You make these plans. Everyone's spending a bunch of money. Everyone's got nice clothes on. You've also got expectation about what the year ahead is going to bring you. Yeah, and that when you're just grasping onto something, you know, like the, the old metaphor of fit, uh, if you have a fistful of sand, the tighter you grip it, the more it's going to slip out of your fingertips. Right, right. Right. Whereas if you, if you hold a, a handful of sand, this is something that my, I think my therapist back in Toronto, <laughs> I'm just realizing like, I'm just like completely verbatim quoting a therapist that I had years ago who, who, <laughs> was a really wise and intelligent guy, so fair enough. Yeah. But but that's the thing, right? If you actually sort of cradle something gently, in this case, a song that you've written or an album that you're working on or any sort of creative project, if you try to have a nice time with it whilst also working hard and having some goals or preferences in mind, mm -hmm. then it's probably going to turn out better than if you're sort of thinking, okay, this is the way that it needs to go no matter what. Yeah. And really, I think if, if any of any of us creative people think about projects we've been involved in, what we're most proud of, what we think went the best, shows that were the most successful are not the ones where everyone's clenching their muscles and clenching their teeth and thinking like, oh, this has got to be perfect or else, right? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's like, it, it's one thing I said to Nick was, uh, um, you know, it's it's a lot easier to move at the speed of inspiration when someone else is driving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. So for for him, he was he was driving the bus, like yeah. through and through. And um in I, I love to be present for recording 
sessions. I've always loved those environments, you know, whether I've just been doing like a, like a studio session or, or even like, just like kind of wrapping cables or whatever. Like I, I love to be around that stuff. Yeah. Oh, that's, I mean, that's why I would always, you know, there were, there were sessions where I think he would pay me, you know, 50 bucks or 70 bucks or something to just come in for two hours, help the drummer tune the drums, get all the mics set up. Yeah. And I'd, I'd have like four cups of coffee or whatever and just and just talk a lot, just bother everybody, just rambling, right? Uh, just like, you know, being like, who is this guy? Like, oh, dude, that was me. I was such a keener. I'm still, out, you know, like, it's like, okay, yeah. kid, like, like, just go over there or something. But, 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 you know, and that's it. Like, if money was no object, I would totally, you know, if, if it wasn't for needing to have some sort of ambition in this life, I would absolutely just like work in Nick's studio 12 hours a day and just, just like wrap cables for him and, you know, yeah. clean up, clean up the empty beer bottles of the young musicians who are hanging out or whatever. Right. Like sure, yeah. if, if, if we lived in a, in a world in which that was doable, I would do that and, and live a happy life. But yeah, unfortunately no such luck. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll just have to arrange a time where we can all go record again. And yeah, that man, yeah, yeah. there's actually, there's an artist that is, recording some songs that I think I'm going to drive to Aurelia and record at Nick's new studio, uh, studio. Which, Aurelia. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Is he, is he, okay. Did you guys talk about his new studio on the episode of your podcast? Did you allude to it? Am I like, <laughs> no, you're, been, you're filling been... in the blanks here, oh, buddy. Jesus, and I, okay. I really appreciate it because yeah. I just, I had such limited time with him. So I, okay, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I don't know. I've been telling people about this new studio he's opening, and I think maybe I'm spilling the beans, which also would be totally that would be totally, you know, accurate to Nick and Mai's relationship our entire life. He's and that's I was going to say, too, the fact that he he probably said to you, yeah, I've got 30 minutes to do your podcast, Corey. And I'm like, yeah, man, how much how much time do you want me to talk? Yeah, like I, yeah. My, t- my time is worth nothing. <laughs> no, dude, it's. Well, it's like he, you just, I mean, for someone that's, that's doing what he's doing, it's, there's a lot yeah. of on the go and then life around, sure, yeah. a life around a schedule like that. I just can't even imagine. Like, I Oh yeah. So. Well, that's, I mean, you talked about just for producers in general, you talked about the idea of somebody sort of driving the bus Yeah. and it's one thing to do that when there's a project that you're super passionate about or a song that you think is really cool. But if you're a music producer then you have to do that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And that's got to be exhausting, you know? Yeah. If there's people that you realize halfway through the session, oh, we're not like-minded at all. We got nothing in common. Fuck, I couldn't or, even imagine. You know, that, that's got to be exhausting. Just just working on stuff that you don't necessarily care about. You kind of have to pretend like you care about. Oh, yeah, dude. That's what the fuck am I doing territory, you know? You know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's it, right? It's. I feel like I don't know. I. I mean, I know that there's a lot of tough jobs in the world, but I feel like producing music has to be one of them because you don't get to have days where you just phone it in. Well, and I, I, I something else he said to me once too is that you know, because I told him I said you're you're really good at this, you know. Uh, I'm I'm sure he knows, but like I. I had to express it because I was just very thankful to be working on the stuff and with him and it was just going so nice as, and I was just saying, you know, you're, you're really good at this. Like you really, like the vibe is great. Sounds great. And, uh, 
And I said, it's just so calm and everything. And he says, yeah, you know, I feel like sometimes like with a producer, like you, you got so many different things within that. Sometimes you're acting as a therapist for <laughs> sometimes, yeah, you know, like, for sure. and I can totally see that because for, for me in a studio, it's like the most comfortable place to be. I'm never under pressure in a studio ever. Maybe I should be more, but, uh, I never am and but I've seen people that really struggle because they they have they've they've got the int- the intention at the forefront instead of being present, you know, and yeah. enjoying the process and and I just like that can really freak some people out in being in Absolutely. that kind of state. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, but that's it, right? If you if you approach it with a sense of gratitude to be doing what you're doing. That's something that, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm a relatively anxious, nervous person on a good day, but mm-hmm. I feel like anytime I've been on tour or anytime I've been lucky enough to play a show with some friends or anytime I've been in the studio, a part of my brain, or even now, you know, I okay, I haven't played a show on drums for more than two years now. I haven't been on tour. I don't know if I'll ever go on tour again. Who knows? Right. It's not yeah. it's not something that keeps me up at night, but that being said, it's something I used to do a lot and I don't really do anymore. But even when I'm in this room here teaching drums a lot of the time to kids, teaching, you know, okay, so I had two students last night, a brother and a sister. The brother was learning uh Paradise City by Guns N' Roses and the, his older sister was learning Come Together by the Beatles. And <laughs> nice. and anytime I get to be sitting behind a drum kit and even just practicing, but anytime I can sit behind a drum kit and make a couple dollars, and in this case, you know, help help a young younger person with their craft, it's like you're really lucky to do that, you know? Yeah. Well, and anytime and it you, it... Sorry, go ahead. Well, no, just if if you can kind of focus on that rather than worrying about the outcome or worrying about what you're really trying to achieve or whatever, if you can just sort of say to yourself, man, oh man. You know, the, the Kurt Vonnegut thing, the, the old, if this isn't nice, I don't know what is. Because I get to, <laughs> even right now, right, chatting together, there's a yeah. million things both of us could be doing with our, what day of the week is it? Wednesday, with our Wednesday <laughs> evenings, right? And <laughs> and if you're, you're actually just, you look around and you say, man, I'm really happy to be where I am with the people that I'm hanging with, doing what we're doing. That's a really good state to be in. And that's probably the state in which you make and do better work than if you're thinking, oh, the outcome has to be this or else. Yes, I, I've had this talk with a few other people before, and it's, a, it's an issue that I feel a lot of musicians and artists struggle with is that they don't know, and myself included, sometimes you don't know the difference between a goal and an expectation. Yeah. You know, and expectations can 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 leave you feeling really shitty because you you have this expectation that doesn't get met and all of a sudden you start this sentence that goes like i deserve or yeah you know like or why 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 don't i you know like why don't i and blah 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 and yeah and and that's just that's just you can't really do a lot in in a space like that and it's I, and I, I'm kind of, I, I, I don't know exactly 
yeah, where you're at with with playing and stuff. But I mean, for myself, I'm having a really hard time getting back into it. Like really hard. I'm slowly doing it. Stuff like this kind of helps a bit because I feel like over the course of the pandemic, it did grow in a lot of different ways. But the armor that I had doesn't fit anymore. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. 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 Here's something. Here's something that. My, my lady friend and I were talking about the other day. Yeah. When you're in your 20s, right? Okay, so I'm 34. I don't know what your age is. I think we're I'm similar vintage though, right? Yeah. Okay, right. So, okay. So when you're in your 20s, yeah. you you have this sense that everything I want to achieve needs to happen as fast as possible. And the other side of that is you think, because if it doesn't happen as fast as possible, it's not going to happen. Right. Right? Yeah. Okay, so you, you think... It's, I got to do this by the time I'm X. I got to do that by the time I'm age Y. And I think as you get a little bit older, you realize, no, it's okay. You can take breaks. You can focus your creative energies elsewhere. If you want to settle down and have a family, you can do that. And if you really are dead set on going on tour, if you really are dead set on performing, if you really are dead set on writing and recording a record in which you are the primary creative force. You can do all those things. You can do those things when you're 34 or 35 or 42 or 69 or whatever. It doesn't, you know, there are so many people that have started really, really young. And there's so many people that have started much older. And I think the greatest thing about aging is that it kind of gives you a sense of patience and understanding that things are kind of just going to happen when they happen. I think you and Nick talked about this a little bit, right? Is you start to realize, okay, a lot of the records that I really love maybe took two years or three years. Or, you know, you look at the Beatles discography. Yeah. (laughs) And some of the records were actually recorded in not the same order that they were put out and released, right? Right, okay. You know? Yeah. And for that matter as well, there are all sorts of artists who, you know, there's people that that will write a book for the first time at 40 or at 50 or at 60 and, and whatever. I think really one of the greatest things to me uh, in terms of my mental health that has come out of just not playing music really actively in a professional sense mm-hmm. for two plus years now mm-hmm. is that it makes you go, oh, wow, I can not do this thing that I was so, I was putting so much pressure on myself for so long to do this thing and try and make that my life. Yeah. And oh my gosh, not only is the sun still rising every morning, but you can live a really happy, fulfilling life. Yes. With or without that. And for me, I'm sort of thinking now that if I am ever to seriously actively play drums in front of an audience with a band or whomever, two things. First of all, it's going to be because I really want to do it because it's going to be fun. And secondly, it's going to be with people that I really love. And most of the music that I've ever played has, has been, you know, in agreement with those two categories anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, and I don't think, uh, I don't think, anything other than making making like having a really good time and spending time with people that you want to be spending time with those are the only goals that matter yeah i agree 
in and out of music. I, I agree. Who, who fucking cares, right? If you're not doing those things, then then why bother? It, yeah, I, I, agree, I agree completely, man. Because you know what? For me, for the most part, uh, that's, that's all I've ever really gotten out of it. I've never had any kind of huge monetary success. I've never really had any kind of big commercial success with my music. But I have... I, I I did a podcast the other day with my friend Kevin Foster. He he has his own, and I was on a guest on his show, and he was asking me what what I think success is, and we were talking about a few different things. And I said, you know, ultimately for for me, I said my art keeps me in touch with the people that I love. Yeah, you know, and that's 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 as successful as I think it is it as it ever needs to be for for me and I'm I'm quite happy with it I I uh, yeah like like going on tour right now sounds like a fucking nightmare to me yeah it, it would it would need to be very I mean even before the pandemic I I never particularly enjoyed touring I, I didn't do a ton of it before um but uh but yeah, no, it's just interesting to see. You know, there there was a few times where I was talking to a couple of musician friends during the pandemic, checking in, this and that, or whatever, and 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 uh, I remember saying to a lot of my musician friends, I'm like, you know, we spent our entire teens and twenties, uh, you know, training for the kind of adversity we're facing right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and I mean, geez, I think for a lot of musicians you went into the practice space or into your basement or into, you know, literally your woodshed and, (laughs) and practiced for the first really deeply practiced for the first time, you know, with no, with no major goal, not, not thinking I need to learn this song for this upcoming gig or this upcoming recording or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people wrote songs with the same sort of mentality, not, Oh, I need, like you were saying about, how you can get wrapped up in the idea of, oh, I want to write this song to then service it to radio, or I want to write this song to then try and get grants or appeal to a record label or whatever. All those things are awesome. All those things are fantastic to do. Mm -hmm. And like you were saying, it's good to have goals. But really, I think a cool thing that came out of the pandemic is a lot of people, whether they were painters or writers or songwriters or people who code and make video games or whatever. A lot of people just said, okay, I'm going to do something because it's fun to do. And I'm going to worry about the outcome later, if at all. Yeah. 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 And what, a what, and like, I mean, what an opportunity to be able to, yeah. to do that because I, I'd never been in a position to slow everything down the way that it was. And, you know, in, in, in some respects, it, it really kind of saved my ass, you know, as yeah. I'm sure as it go. did for most, like a lot of people, some people, not so much, you know, yeah. but, uh, but well, I, I mean, mean some me, people, some people fucking died, whether from COVID or from other things, you know, and, and oh, that's, yeah. yeah, that's a whole other conversation right there, obviously. Yeah, it's and it's a it's a heavy one. And it's a real one. But it's, again, it, it's, it's kind of what made me want to do things the way that I'm doing them now. Like I, I have this, like, people are, are just starting to hear these two new songs. Yeah, over the last month or so i think the my birthday in may on the 8th was like official kind of release day kind of thing yeah (laughs) but it's been a completely like 
there's some people are telling me like, what the fuck, Corey? <laughs> like, because I don't know. I've told you about how I'm distributing all this, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and this is this is part of it, right? Yeah. This is it's all just kind of tying in together for a vibe because, and like like what I do is I I just put it out there that the songs are here, they're ready, they're done. If anybody wants to hear them, just message me and I will get them to you directly. Yeah. Um. And so I've, I don't and know. And then it, how, it's going out to the people who are patrons on the Patreon as well? It goes out to whoever wants it. And so right. what, I, what I've been doing is I, I asked them to give me their email because that's the easiest way to send anybody anything now. So, yeah, yeah. So I, I, but what I do, it takes me about 30 minutes, 30 to 40 minutes to write an email when I'm doing this because it's either going to someone I know or some family or, and sometimes you know, surprisingly, some, some new people I've never met before. So, yeah. uh, so I'll write up this email and, and, you know, just, Hey, so-and-so like, thank you for so many years of friendship, blah, blah, blah. I remember this and blah, blah. Like, it's a good couple paragraphs. It's like a, it's like, I feel like my grandma writing Christmas card letters, you know, <laughs> like, honestly, that's what it's, it's kind of like, but, but at the end of it, I'm just like, Oh, like, I feel, I feel really good. And I feel I, I feel like the distribution of music has gotten so fucking cold. Like, yeah. It, well, yeah, you, you know, you're going to throw up a sponsored ad on Facebook or on Instagram where you, you pump in a bunch of money and some people are going to see that and then click like, I don't want to see this anymore. You know? Yeah. That's, be, I mean, that, that obviously doesn't work, but that's what a lot of artists, that's, that's their distribution method, right? Yeah. And you know what? Put it, it on it, Spotify, it, put it on Apple Music, put it on Tidal, and then do pay some money that you aren't making from your art necessarily to, to like flood social media, which is already like a fucking plague anyways. <laughs> I, know. I mean, I don't know. I, 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 I lately I've been really trying to concentrate my use of the internet and of the interconnected world that we live in. And this, this, what we're doing literally right now is a great use of that technology. Hey, my friend that lives in Quebec and I live you know, in rural Ottawa and we get to have this hang and make this thing that, you know, we get to like ramble about stuff that we care about and connect with each other for the first time in so long. That's awesome. That's, that's a healthy use of modern technology. Yeah. And it's not under duress either, you know, like it's (laughs) it's... exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas lying on, lying on your couch and scrolling Instagram and looking at everyone's lives that you perceive to be better than yours or or just looking at you know looking at crap you could buy on amazon or whatever just there's so you know 99 percent of the use of modern technology probably is just vapid and pointless and and yeah i've i've personally you know i i deleted my twitter account a little while ago i've been trying to stay off instagram as much as possible i you know i use facebook as sparingly as i can and i I try and just spend time outside. It's summertime. It makes it a lot easier. Sure. Right? Yeah. And and just you know, sit behind the drum kit or play guitar. And even if you're using a metronome or something, just turn off everything else. Yeah, you know? I agree, man. I, I it's hard to do. It is hard to do. And you know what? The the pandemic gave us time to do that, but that got fucking boring for a while there too. So yeah, that's it. You know, but um, but I, it. 
I like okay. I hope if anyone is listening to this right now, we're what we're about an hour into this. If anyone is still listening to our insane ramblings at this point, I hope that you're not also, you know, scrolling five social media apps. I hope <laughs> I hope that you're out for a hike and this is just audio that you have on, and you're kind of listening to it in the background, and maybe you're walking your dog, or maybe you're out, you know, mountain biking, or you're out in a kayak or something. I don't know, you know? I- yeah, totally, man. It's, 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 it, I mean, and I think there is a lot more of that going on now and, and, yeah. and, and yeah, I hope we could be part of that. And <laughs> I, I, uh, yeah, man, I just like, um, I, I think I'm in a pretty good place for all the music stuff right now. I, I don't, I don't need, I don't, I don't know what I need from it anymore, but I feel like yeah. I'm being, fu- I, I'm fulfilled from doing this, um, the releasing the music, like everybody that I send these emails to, I get a response like, oh my God, that was a really nice email. Thank you for this. And, and I put a little blurb in there too about the Patreon and this and that. And, but at, even at the end of the day, like it's, it, like, 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 there's going to be a percentage of my Patreon that's going to go back to my high school music program back in Dryden. Yeah, and it's yeah, which is amazing, by the way. You know, it, it's it's that's I, I've I've always wanted to to do that, and I had a big plan for that before the pandemic happened. But but I like that's kind of important to me now, and it's just there's just no pressure anymore. So like when yeah. you're telling me about how kind of where you're at with music these days, I kind of get the same sense that like you're able to enjoy it when you want to. And the pressure is probably not, not as much like, yeah, it's non-existent really. Yeah. I mean, okay. Like my main musical thing is practicing and teaching drums and you know, I've got another day job that I do and I am fairly comfortable living an extremely modest life. Sure. You know, yeah. I've got a shitty car and this, this old, this old girl right here, (laughs) you know, and I, I don't really require a lot of material possessions or, or, you know, I, I'm pretty good at living off of a relatively, you know, lower middle class sort of income, let's just call it. Yeah. And, you know, for me, teaching drums even, if somebody wants to cancel day of 45 minutes before their lesson, I'm fine with that. And if, if somebody insists on paying me, you know, a parent of a kid or an adult student, the few adult students that I have, if somebody says, oh, listen, I forgot I got this other thing, I got to cancel. If somebody insists that they want to still pay me, I'll take their money. If somebody is you know, doesn't have any inclination to do that. I have no cancellation policy. Yeah. You know, it, it's like teaching drums is something that I do to supplement my income and have a really, really nice time and stay somewhat fresh on my instrument and still pursue something that I love to do. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, if, if, if it makes sense to actively play music any more than that, or really pursue teaching any more than that, at any point in my life, then I'll do that. And if it doesn't make sense, then I won't. And mm-hmm. like I said earlier, like I don't lose sleep over that. Whereas 27, 28, 29, 
you know, as that's only four or five years ago for me, I, I would literally feel almost panic attack level anxiety at night thinking, okay, what am I doing with my life? What's my vision for the future? Yeah. Whatever, right? And that <laughs> that sucks. It does suck, man. You and know, it's, that's it's, not, it takes away all it. your creativity. It takes away, it, it kind of like, I don't know, it produces some malice towards the craft itself even. It's yeah. just like, it's not good. Yeah, you res- <laughs> every time you look at your instrument, every time, you know, there were there have been periods of my life that anytime I look at a drum set, I think, oh, Fuck really? You. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, really? Like my back hurts, you know? <laughs> yeah, buddy. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, and, and I love the fact that you're still teaching because uh, myself, I, I've done a lot of teaching myself. I, 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 I did, yeah. uh, I did teaching when I was out in Brandon, Manitoba there, like just teaching guitar and, and, and back in Dryden. Yeah. And even when I was living out in Whitby, I was teaching at a, a like a music school program out there. And, yeah. and I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I can't, I, and like the parents would ask me, they're like, so you're going to teach them how to like, like read like sheet music. And I'm like, no, because I, I can't, but I can teach yeah. them how to hold it. I'm like, let's yeah. start there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and well, yeah, like, they're I mean, going to have a lot of fun. So like, and, yeah. and I really enjoyed watching these kids and, and teens and adults just like light up. And I'm like, yeah. oh, I, you know, like, so I like, do you get that, that out of it too? You see them light up a bit. And every time I teach a drum lesson, whether the student is five years old or 75 years old or anywhere in between, my yeah. first and foremost goal is that at the end of the either half hour or hour long drum lesson, they are in a better mood than they were in at the beginning of it. So, yeah. you know, I have one student and I won't name their name, but they pretty consistently show up kind of cranky. And I sort of say, all right, here we go. This is a nice challenge. Let's yeah. two things. Let's try and learn something. Let's try and impart some sort of knowledge of wis- or wisdom that you didn't. Yeah that you had not attained before this lesson. And secondly, and way more importantly, let's try and be in a better mood than we were in at the beginning of this. And yeah. I think, you know, cause I think that that's what I got out of learning how to play drums and guitar and bass and all, doing all this stuff is, and even now when I sit down, when I sit down behind the drum kit, I want to be in a better mood afterwards than I was before. You know, I don't really, yes. I don't really get grumpy too often. I, I, live a pretty relaxed life. But if you sit down with a guitar or with some sticks in your hand, you don't want to walk away from that feeling worse off than you did before. Right. It, that That's just a common thing. And I think that that was, that was like our, our goal with Colorado shows was, okay, let's just try and improve people's lives in a really tiny, almost insignificant, but not entirely insignificant way. If everyone, yeah. We used to do this thing. I don't, I can't remember what the, what the sort of, where this was spawned, but we used to do this thing where Mena would sort of say, okay, yeah, it's Tuesday night. Let's try and make it feel like a Saturday or let's try and make it feel like a Friday. We'd play a couple songs and he'd maybe say something like, okay, now it's feeling like a Wednesday or Thursday, you know? And by halfway (laughs) through the show, you're like, all right, everybody, it feels like a Saturday. Like that's, 
fucking sick, right? Like, yeah, dude. This, this Tuesday night, we've all got work. To, we got to hop in a van and drive nine hours tomorrow. You guys got to get up and chug a coffee and go to whatever job you're doing tomorrow. Yeah. But but it feels, we feel that Saturday energy. We feel Let's that Saturday catharsis. It, yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's, I mean, that's that's not an easy thing, right? No, dude. I And you know what? I Okay, I got to bring up one more thing. Um, yeah. because when I started working on, on dirty mirror with, with you and Nick, I was talking to my buddy Lewis and, uh, and I said, yeah, I'm finally going to finish that fucking song, man. And he's like, yeah, about time, Corey. And, and, and I said, yeah, he's like, who are you working on with? I said, I'm working on with uh, Jake and Nixon Boyd from Colorado. And he's like, Colorado, Colorado. He's like, I think I've seen them play in Brandon once, Brandon, Manitoba, right? Oh, okay, yeah. And uh, he's like, he's like, but when they went to play, their instruments didn't show up or something? Ah, it was Winnipeg. Was it Winnipeg? I think so. If this is the same story that I'm thinking of. Okay, you didn't have, we didn't have a back line, so we played our... Our album, like we played our CD over the PA and we air banded. Like I sat on a drum stool and pretended to play, and everyone pretended to play. That's and you did the whole show like that. We well, we did the whole album, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's amazing because he told me that, and I was like, I was like, really? And I, and I I just started getting to know you guys, you know, like I don't even think we'd started working in the studio on it yet, and I was like. I I can I can see this I can see this happening and I can see them like just going through with it like like no sorry guys our our stuff didn't show up like no the show is on like that's amazing dude so I had to I had to clarify yeah this man oh uh, yeah 2000, 2010, I think which is crazy to think that that's twelve years ago now but yeah yeah and I think I think the the punchline of that joke was then we went to settle with the promoter. And he said, okay, here you go. And Air paid us. <laughs> you know, he, he like pretended to pay money using his hands. And obviously there was no money there because it's like, yeah, okay, you can do a fake show. I'll, I will fake pay you the $300 that it said you were owed in your contract. It's like, Son yeah. of a bitch, really? No, yeah, no, fucking fair enough, dude. I mean, we didn't play a show. Ultimately. Oh my <laughs> you know? God. But I mean, <laughs> I would have paid you double for the commitment, man. <laughs> like just the conviction. Jeez. Well, there might have been, I mean, there might have been a few people that asked for their money back. I don't know. It's Again, <laughs> that was a long time ago. And we were, you know, we were probably all some some degree of fairly loaded. <laughs> <laughs> fairly loaded, yeah. <laughs> nice, dude. If I remember that night correctly, yeah, which I don't, I'm sure. Oh, my God, dude. Well, listen, man, I I, I was just listening to the song on the, on the way home today uh, from my day job. And... And I got to tell you, man, it was such a pleasure to have you play on that. I'm so thankful that we have this recording together. It's it's like you were saying, a snapshot kind of of our friendship, if nothing else. Absolutely, right? dude. It's something I'm always going to have and be able to look back on, be very proud of it and really thankful that you're a part of it. And I'm really oh, thankful. I, I feel the same way. Yeah, man. Oh, like and, and just thank you for your friendship and kindness throughout the years and oh, your dude. commitment to music and and life is is if anyone's still listening. Subscribe to Corey's Patreon. <laughs> Fucking help him keep doing this thing that he's doing. I think it's really great, man. I think it's fantastic. Thanks, man. I I, I, <laughs> I want to do more, and this all of this is is very encouraging for me to do things in a way that's comfortable for me and for the people that 
I'd like to work with. So I, I hope one day we can, we can do it again. Hell yeah. And, uh, and yeah, dude, is there, is there anything else you'd like to say to the people here? No, I mean, okay. If you're a band living in the GTA or if you can make your way to the greater Toronto area, record with Nick Boyd at one of his now upcoming two studios. And again, Nick, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry if I'm spilling the beans about your new studio. <laughs> I don't know. Like he didn't make me sign an NDA or anything. Right. So what right. the fuck? And then, uh, yeah, other than that, seriously, uh, an hour and 10 minutes into this, if you're still listening to Corey and I ramble on about music and our lives and, and our love, our mutual love and respect for each other, then subscribe to his Patreon and uh, you won't regret it. It's uh, obviously like you were saying, some of that money is going to a really good cause and the rest of that money is going to a good cause as well, which is to allow you to keep making this cool creative content that you're making. And I, I, I think that that's just fucking fantastic, dude. Yeah, thanks, man. Thank you very much. Uh, I think we'll I think we'll leave it there. I think that's a good note to 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 leave it on. So thank you very much, Jake. I love you to bits, buddy. I'm very happy you to too, that to hear that life is going good out there. So Hell yeah. Yeah. Okay, cheers, Corey. Cheers.